Section 46 of the Kerner Commission Report. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Chapter 15 The News Media and the Disorders, Part 3 A Recommendation to Improve Riot Coverage A Need for Better Communication a recurrent problem in the coverage of last summer's disorders was friction and lack of cooperation between police officers and working reporters. Many experienced and capable journalists complained that policemen and their commanding officers were at best apathetic and at worst overtly hostile toward reporters attempting to cover a disturbance. Policemen, on the other hand, charged that many reporters seemed to forget that the task of the police is to restore order. After considering available evidence on the subject, the Commission is convinced that these conditions reflect an absence of advance communication and planning among the people involved. We do not suggest that familiarity with the other's problems will beget total amity and cooperation, the interests of the media and the police are sometimes necessarily at variance. But we do believe that communication is a vital step toward removing the obstacles produced by ignorance, confusion, and misunderstanding of what each group is actually trying to do. Mutual Orientation What is needed first is a series of discussions, perhaps a combination of informal gatherings and seminar-type workshops, they should encompass all ranks of the police, all levels of media employees, and a cross-section of city officials. At first, these would be get-acquainted sessions, to air complaints and discuss common problems. Working reporters should get to know the police who would be likely to draw duty in a disorder. Police and city officials should use the sessions for frank and candid briefings on the problems the city might face and the official plans for dealing with disturbances. Later sessions might consider procedures to facilitate the physical movement of personnel and speed the flow of accurate and complete news. Such arrangements might involve nothing more than a procedure for designating specific locations at which police officers would be available to escort a reporter into a dangerous area. In addition, policemen and reporters working together might devise better methods of identification, communication, and training. Such procedures are infinitely variable and depend on the initiative, needs, and desires of those involved. If there is no existing institution or procedure for convening such meetings, we urge the mayor or city manager to do so in every city where experience suggests the possibility of future trouble. To allay any apprehension that discussions with officials might lead to restraints on the freedom to seek out and report the news, participants in these meetings should stipulate beforehand that freedom of the press to all areas for reporters will be preserved. Designation of Information Officers It is desirable to designate and prepare a number of police officers to act as media information officers. There should be enough of these so that, in the event of a disturbance, a reporter will not have to seek far to find a policeman ready and able to give him information and answer questions. 
officers should be of high enough rank within the police department to have ready access to information. Creation of an Information Center A nerve center for reliable police and official government information should be planned and ready for activation when a disturbance reaches a predetermined point of intensity. Such a center might be located at police headquarters or city hall. It should be directed by an experienced, high-ranking information specialist with close ties to police officials. It is imperative, of course, that all officials keep a steady flow of accurate information coming into the center. Ideally, rooms would be set aside for taping and filming interviews with public officials. Local television stations might cut costs and relieve congestion by pooling some equipment at this central facility. An information center should not be thought of as replacing other news sources inside and outside the disturbance area. If anything, our studies suggest that reporters are already too closely tied to police and officials as news sources in a disorder. An information center should not be permitted to intensify this dependence. Properly conceived, however, a center can supplement on-the-spot reporting and supply news about official actions. Out-of-town reporters. Much of the difficulty last summer apparently revolved around relations between local law enforcement officials and out-of-town reporters. These reporters are likely to be less sensitive about preserving the image of the local community. Still, local officials serve their city badly when they ignore or impede national media representatives instead of informing them about the city and cooperating with their attempts to cover the story. City and police officials should designate liaison officers and distribute names and telephone numbers of police and other relevant officials, the place they can be found if trouble develops, and other information likely to be useful. National and other news organizations, in turn, could help matters by selecting a responsible home office official to act as a liaison in these cases, and to be accessible by phone to local officials who encounter difficulty with on-the-spot representatives of an organization. General Guidelines and Codes In some cases, if all parties involved were willing, planning sessions might lead to the consideration of more formal undertakings. These might include a agreements on specific procedures to expedite the physical movement of men and equipment around disorder areas and back and forth through police lines b general guidelines on the behavior of both media and police personnel and c arrangements for a brief moratorium on reporting news of an incipient disturbance the Commission stresses once again its belief that though each of these possibilities merits consideration, none should be formulated or imposed by unilateral government action. Any procedure finally adopted should be negotiated between police and media representatives and should assure both sides the flexibility needed to do their respective jobs. Acceptance of such arrangements should be frankly based on grounds of self-interest for negotiated methods of procedure can often yield substantial benefits to each side and to the public which both serve. 
At the request of the Commission, the Community Relations Service of the Department of Justice surveyed recent experiences with formal codes. Most of the codes studied a. set forth in general terms common-sense standards of good journalistic conduct, and b. establish procedures for a brief moratorium, seldom more than thirty minutes to an hour, on reporting an incipient disturbance. In its survey, the Community Relations Service described and analyzed experiences with codes in eleven major cities where they are currently in force. Members of the CRS staff conducted interviews with key citizens, newsmen, city officials, and community leaders in each of the eleven cities, seeking comments on the effectiveness and practicality of the codes and guidelines used. CRS's major findings and conclusions are All codes and guidelines now in operation are basically voluntary arrangements usually put forward by local authorities and accepted by the news media after consultation. Nowhere has an arrangement or agreement been effective that binds the news media without their assent. No one interviewed in this survey considered the code or guidelines in effect in his city as useless or harmful. CRS thought that where they were in effect, the codes had a constructive impact on the local news media. Observers in some cities, however, thought the increased sense of responsibility manifested by press and television was due more to experience with riot coverage than to the existence of the codes. The more controversial and often least understood aspect of the guidelines has been provision for a brief voluntary moratorium on the reporting of news. Some kind of moratorium is specified in the codes of six cities surveyed, Chicago, Omaha, Buffalo, Indianapolis, Kansas City, and Toledo, and the moratorium was invoked last summer in Chicago and Indianapolis. In each case, an effort to prevent quite minor racial incidents from escalating into more serious trouble was successful, and many thought the moratorium contributed. The confusion about a moratorium and the resulting aversion to it is unfortunate. The specific period of the delay is seldom more than thirty minutes. In practice, under today's conditions of reporting and broadcasting, this often will mean little, if any, delay before the full story gets into the paper or on the air. The time can be used to prepare and edit the story, and to verify and assess the reports of trouble. The only loss is the banner headline or the broadcast news bulletin that is released prematurely to avoid being beaten by the competition. It is just such reflexive responses that can lead to sensationalism and inaccuracy. In cities where a moratorium is part of the code, CRS interviewers detected no discontent over its presence. The most frequent complaint about shortcomings in existing codes is that many of them do not reach the underpinnings of crisis situations. Ghetto spokesmen in particular said that the emphasis in the codes on conduct during the crisis itself tended to lead the media to neglect reporting the underlying causes of racial tension. At the Poughkeepsie conference with media representatives, there was considerable criticism of the Chicago Code, on the grounds that their moratorium is open-ended. 
once put into effect it is supposed to be maintained until the situation is under control there were doubts about how effective this code has been in practice the voluntary news blackout in detroit for part of the first day of the riot apparently at the request of officials and civil rights groups was cited as evidence that suppression of the news of violence does not necessarily defuse a riot situation on the basis of the CRS survey and other evidence, the Commission concludes that codes are seldom harmful, often useful, but no panacea. To be of any use, they must address themselves to the substance of the problems that plague relations between the press and officialdom during a disorder. But they are only one of several methods of improving those relations. Ultimately, no matter how sensitive or comprehensive a code or set of guidelines may be, efficient, accurate reporting must depend on the intelligence, judgment, and training of newsmen, police, and city officials together. End of section 46. Recording by Maria Casper.